Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Well, I'm glad you're here this morning, and it's amazing how God moves everything and puts everything together, and um, I I knew the pastor was gone. I didn't know why he was gone. I knew, obviously, he asked me to preach, so I figured he he and I weren't doing it at the same time, so uh, I figured he was going to be gone, and um, but I honestly, I, I had no idea why he was gone. Usually, I don't ask, you know, if my boss, you know, why? Why are you leaving? Uh, but he, he uh, today, obviously, he shared with us the, the purpose behind him being gone. It's not just taking a day off. It's that he is trying to minister to a church. And, and today, my message is about it. My, I told my daughter, she's, she said, what are you preaching on tomorrow? I said, I'm preaching on it. She said, that scary clown? I said, no, not the scary clown. Um, that it that you see in somebody. You ever met somebody who has it? You know, you, you, well, thank you. You, you meet somebody who has it and you, you just, you, you meet them and you know, they've got it. Can you explain what it is? No, there's no, there's no words to describe it. You meet somebody. First time I met Paul Pilate, I'm like, that dude has it. You see how he dresses when he stands out there in the morning, you come up and you're mad, man, you have just got it together. Whatever it is. He has it. You meet somebody and you're like, they have it. I thought of, I, I, I usually like to have an illustration, but because of time, I'm not going to share the whole thing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, somebody called me and said, hey, I've got a ticket to a football game. Are you interested in going? And I said, absolutely, I'd love to go. So I knew that the, the game, it was, a, it was a game I was really excited about. And, and internally, I was getting excited within myself. But the day of the game, I realized I didn't have a shirt or hat that matched the team that we were going to watch. And so I went to the store and I went and I wanted to pick out the right shirt, the right hat for the team we were going to watch because I wanted to make sure that I represented that I have it for that team. And so I chose, I looked and looked and looked a couple different stores to find the shirt, find the hat. And I finally found it. But within me, I was getting a little bit of excitement coming in within me. And then I got together that day with five other guys as we traveled to the game. And as we got together, we got more excited and more energy. And I realized, hey, we were getting it. As we stood outside the game, we were with tens of thousands of people who were all excited about going in there and having the game. And you could feel that energy and that excitement happening. And we went in and I was so frustrated because I thought, you know what? There, there are over 100,000 people who will pack into this stadium and they literally give you about eight inches of seat to sit on. They pay $50 a seat for these seats. You get in there and there's 100,000 people that are standing around excited about it. And you can feel it in that stadium. Now, I'm not going to tell you what stadium that is. It may be north of here. It may be south of here. But either way, if you've ever been to one of those games, you know that when you get in there and the crowd is roaring and the team is doing well, everybody is excited about it. We left that stadium third quarter 
And as we were leaving, you could feel that it stayed in the stadium as I was walking away from the stadium. And you could hear as we were walking away, all of a sudden the crowd erupted into this roar of a touchdown. And I thought, it's in there, but I don't have as much of it as I did when I was in there. This morning, pastors at a church who had it. Now they are looking to get it back. This morning, as you look around this church, do we have it? Would you say that the roar of the stadium is here? That if it wasn't for these padded seats, if we had wooden benches like the old church, if the air conditioning wasn't running and it was hot and you had the fans like the old church, if we didn't have the screens and we had hymn books and we didn't have the sound system and the preacher just had to talk really loud, would we still have it? Or are we so used to everything that comes in and we're, we get to drive up and we get coffee served to us? And we get to come in here and we get to sit down in soft padded seats that are 18 inches to 20 inches wide. And we have plenty of room to stretch out. And we get to sing. And all of these things happen and we are excited. But let me ask you the question, do you have it? Or are you just simply used to what is going on? This morning I was standing out front talking to some people, greeting some people. And somebody said to me, as we were out there, hey, could you come and would you talk to my, my father because he's getting to the end of his life? But he just recently got saved. And he said, you know what he's doing now? Every person that comes into his room, he is telling them they need Jesus Christ. They need Jesus Christ. He is not concerned about his life. He is concerned about the lives of the people who are coming into his room. And you know what Christians do who have it? They tell other people about it because they are so excited that they have Jesus Christ in their life. They're so excited that their life has changed that they can't help but to tell people. Sitting in that stadium, all of a sudden, I, I just have never, I have not been to that stadium in a long time. And so I did not know the rules to the stadium. But all of a sudden, the band started playing their song and everybody in the student section started singing and one guy behind me. He should not have been singing. <laughs> but he knew what he was supposed to do. He was excited about what was happening. He was all into the game. He was cheering. He was standing up, raising his hands when the team scored, when the team made a good play, when they got a first down. He was excited about what was happening. And what I think that we have is that our lives have switched from being excited about what is important to being excited about what doesn't matter. And we've come to a place in our churches where we will show up because we see other people who have it. We see a building who has gone from, they, they say that, a, that a, a, a church goes through a process of having a man who starts it to a mission, to doing some methods, to becoming a monument. And if I were to ask you where our church is in that, are you on mission with the church? 
or are you simply just showing up to look at a monument that exists? And this morning, I just want to challenge our church, and I'm glad that pastor's gone and he's helping that church. But do you know what, Monclova Road Baptist Church? We are not that far from having to ask a man from another church to come help us revive our church. We are not decades away from that. All it takes is one generation to stop having a heart and a passion for God. One generation. It is not enough for you, Grandma and Grandpa, to say, I did my time serving in the church. We need grandparents that will stand up and say, you know what? I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. I'm on the right side of the dirt, and I am still going to serve God. We need moms and dads that will be, be furiously interested in their kids' lives, not just in getting good grades and playing sports, but in how is your life and your relationship with God. I know you spend time playing sports and you spend hours on homework, but do you spend time focused on God and learning about what he wants for your life? Or are we simply interested in teaching our kids that if you play that sport really well, you'll get a scholarship to college and they'll never go on to professional sports. But we don't encourage them now to develop and, and encourage them to have a relationship with God because that is going to be necessary their entire life. If a church does not focus on the right things, the church eventually reaches out to a pastor and says, will you help us get the right things back? And just in case you think I'm making this up, if you turn your Bibles with me to the book of Revelation, chapter number three. I want to show you this morning a church that is exactly like this. A church that had it. A church that you could walk into and you felt it. You ever been to a church like that? You just walk up to the doors as you are on your way into the church. You can just feel the buzz going on in that church. You walk into the church and it doesn't matter whether you meet somebody who has been there for the first time or somebody who's been there for a long time. They are just excited about being in church. They're excited not just about being in a church. They're excited about being in that church. They love that church. And you ask them and you talk to them. What brought you here? Somebody invited me. Why do you invite people to come to church with you? Because you were excited about your church. You ever told anybody about a restaurant? You tell them about that restaurant because you went to that restaurant and you had a meal that was awesome and you had a waitress or waiter that was awesome and you had service that was great and you tell people, man, you, if you want a nice place to go, this is the restaurant to go to. But you'll also tell people if you've had a bad experience. But don't go to that place. I still will never eat at Hardee's. My dad, one time in his life, got a sandwich, a breakfast sandwich from Hardee's, bit into it, and realized there was something crunchy in it, pulled it out of his mouth. It was a fingernail. I still won't go to Hardee's. Just in case. But do you know what I will go to? Is people will tell me, this place is good. This place has good service. This place is someplace that you ought to go. 
And I will go to that. And you know where people come, why people come to a church? Because people invite them. I recently was on vacation and with, we went down and saw my brother in Florida. And my brother, the first thing he said to me, it wasn't about where we could go to eat. It wasn't about what we could go do. The first thing he said to me is, I can't wait for you to go to my church. So we went to church with my brother and we drove on property and I could see this place is on fire for God. My brother said, I can't wait to go serve. He said, there's a service later on that you'll come to, but I get to go serve at my church at 8 o'clock in the morning. I get to go serve at my church? How many of you get to serve at this church? Or how many of you have to serve? Or how many of you, I've done that. I'm not trying to step on toes this morning, but pastor got me wound up. Blame him. If this church is not going to get to the place where we need somebody to come in and revive us, we are going to have to get to the point where we say, I get to go and serve for my church. I get to go and I get to stand out in that parking lot and greet people as they come in. I get to stand at the doors. I get to work at the nursery. I get to serve coffee. I get to run the sound system. I get to lead worship. I get to do, I get to teach a Sunday school class. I get to work with kids. I get to lead a Bible study. I get to stand here and pray with people. I get to serve my church. But are we excited about that? Or are we more excited about the football game that we're going to go watch? You'll stand and make a fool of yourself when your kid runs down the soccer field. When your kid hits a ball on the volleyball court, when your kid shoots a hoop, you will stand and cheer like you are nuts. Why don't we do that in church? I'm not saying that we have to get crazy and nuts and run around the building. But wouldn't that be exciting to see? To see somebody get so excited about what God is doing in their life. Somebody brings somebody to church and that person gets saved and they get so excited about a lost one coming to Christ that they are ready to let go of everything and run around the building and praise God for what's happening. Because they'll do that at the, in their living room when they're watching a football game. They'll jump and shear, knock food over, make a mess. But when it comes to God, sometimes we think that we have to be all prim and proper. And I just want to say this morning, it's time we get excited about what God is doing. You understand that God sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sin so that you don't have to spend eternity separated from him. Aren't you excited about that? Aren't you willing to praise God for that? Aren't you willing to stand up and say, praise the Lord, my soul is not going to hell anymore. It is exciting to know that we don't have to spend eternity separated from God. I'm not trying to cheer you on this morning, but I think that we as a group coming together, we ought to be so excited about what God's doing that people could come here this morning and their lives could be changed this morning. Their destiny could be changed from spending eternity separated from God to eternity spending with God. And we ought to be excited about that. We need people standing at the front doors, at the side doors, at the back doors, just in case somebody wants to come in through the back way. 
and say, man, I am so glad that you are here this morning. I'm so excited that you are here. We are ready for you. We have been preparing all week long for you to show up. I've been praying that God would bring somebody. I'm praying that God would bring my friend. I've been praying that God would bring you to our church. And we are so excited that you're here today. You may just be the one that's putting together coffee for the coffee station. But you ought to be excited about putting coffee together because you know what? That makes a lot of people happy when they come in and there's coffee in the morning. You're not just making coffee for no reason. You're making coffee for Jesus. He is excited about that. You're not just watching kids in the nursery. You are watching children in the nursery, teaching them that Jesus loves them. Teaching them that God cares for them. Showing them that there is a way that they can live that leads to joy everlasting. It is not just watching kids. You're giving parents the opportunity to sit in a worship service and hear from God to help them to live a life, to raise their kids, to passionately pursue Him. This is a church. This is what Jesus came to found. He said, I will build the church. This is Jesus' idea. And if it's Jesus' idea, I think it's a good idea. And I think we ought to passionately pursue that idea. If you look with me in in Revelation chapter number 3, I said we were going to go there. Revelation chapter number 3, in verse number 1, it says, Under the angel of the church of Sardis, write these things. Jesus here is talking to, or God is talking to John, and he's saying, I want you to write this letter. I want you to give it to the angel of the church of Sardis. This is the messenger that was going to go back to Sardis. As you read through here, there are seven churches. There are seven letters written to those seven churches, and messengers took it from John and took it to that church. And I believe that if we look at the church of Sardis today, we can find a couple of things that apply to our lives that will help us to be excited about what God is doing. It will help us to have a church that is excited, that is wanting to do something for God, that is not going to be asking somebody else from another church to come and to serve us and help us to get it back. We will have it. The church at Sardis was an interesting church because the church of Sardis was just like the city of Sardis. The city of Sardis sat on a very high hill, and it was almost impenetrable. People thought, the people that lived there thought that it was impenetrable. They were known, the city of Sardis was known for its fruit, its physical fruit. You could go there and you could find awesome, beautiful, wonderful fruit. You could go there and they they believed that Sardis was the first place that money was printed or, or coined. And so this place, they had money, they had food, they had wealth, they had all sorts of things, and they thought that they were safe. Look at how God is blessing us. Do you ever look around at your life and think God is blessing you? Do you know that there is not a, that God does not necessarily bless with monetary things? There are people who have lots of money but no health. And they would give all of their health, to ha- all of their money to have health. There are people who have lived a very successful business life and they have lost their children and their children are completely straying away 
and they would give everything for that child to come back. Blessing is not always monetary. Blessing in life, God gives us many blessings in life. But this, this city, this church, they had many things and they thought that God was blessing them. They thought they were safe. One night there was an army that was going to, that was trying to figure out how to invade this city. And they were watching and watching and watching. And, that, and one night a soldier saw a soldier that was on top of the hill in the city of Sardis. His helmet fell off his head and rolled down this steep, steep hill. They did not know how to climb up that hill. It was so steep. But the soldier that lived in that city knew that there was a path that he could go to get down. And the soldier on the bottom that was going to invade that city watched that soldier from Sardis take that path all the way down. He went and he told his general, the invading army climbed up that path and they were met with no resistance. No resistance. Because nobody was watching. And nobody thought that they would be invaded. They thought they were safe. This morning, can I tell you, church, we are not safe. There is a world out there that is ever getting crazy. And do you know what it needs? It needs alert Christians who will stand up and defend truth. This week I heard... I was talking to a parent that lives here in Monclova, and I was just talking to them about the school system. And I said, how things are going? They have one child in our school, and they have other kids in the Anthony Wayne School District. And she said, things are getting completely out of control. She said, do you know that there are, there are students that go to school now who are called furries? And I said, what? She said, yes, there is a child that comes to school and she glues cat hair all over her. She licks herself, and the school system has given her a litter box to use in the bathroom. I said, where are the adults that are going to stand up and say, you are not a cat? That is not normal. just got really quiet in here. I understand that there are people who struggle with mental illness. I understand that, and they need help. But rather than finding help for people that need it, we are making accommodations, and we keep stepping back, and we keep stepping back, and we keep stepping back, and we tell boys who want to be girls, that you can use the girls' bathroom. And we tell girls who want to be boys that you can be a boy. And our world is getting insane, and there is nobody standing up saying, that is not going to happen. The Word of God teaches us what truth is, and we live in truth. We don't live in this false assumptions that the world says, well, we just have to accept. No, we don't have to accept it. We need to help that person. 
We need to get them the help that they need to be able to address the problems that they have. I have issues, and when I have an issue, I go to the doctor. I don't just find it within myself. I don't just go to the Word of God and say, all right, I'm having heart issues. I'm going to go and I'm going to read more Bible. No, I say I have heart issues. I'm going to go to God and say, God, would you please help me? But I'm going to the heart doctor to get help. And we need to take the Word of God and apply the truths to our lives. But where somebody needs help, we need to get them the help that they need. But this city of Sardis was taken over because there was nobody watching. Where are the Christians who are going to stand up in our communities and say, that is not okay. That is not going to happen. Not on my watch. There's four things I want to give you this morning, and we're going to move really fast through these, so please try to keep up with me. Number one, if you look in chapter 3 and verse number 1, Towards the end of the verse, it says, I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Number one, it's time for us to get real. Time to get real. He said, I see what you're doing, and it really looks like you're alive. But you are dead. You're not alive. Just because something is growing does not mean it's alive. I've seen animals that have been hit on the side of the road and you go by them each day and they seem to get a little bit bigger? That animal is not alive. Just because it's growing doesn't mean it's alive. That animal is dead and we will soon find what is inside there. Just because we seem to have a lot of stuff going on in a church does not mean that that church is alive. This church had a lot of things. This church of Sardis had a lot of things going on. And he said, I see your fruit but you appear to be alive, but you are dead. This morning, I want to ask us to get real. Are you alive? Are you serving God out of the passion of your heart, or are you simply going through routines? And there are times, I will tell you, that in my own life, I have experienced the going through the routines, and I feel that God is further from me than he has been and it is not because God has walked away from me. It's because I've walked away from God. I may still be going to church. I may still be loving my wife. I may still be doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing, but I am walking away further and further and further from God, even though it appears I'm alive. And I have to get real with myself and come to an acknowledgement of who I really am. And I have to say, that is false fruit. And I have to turn around and I have to repent of how I've been living and acting. And I have to walk towards God. And he says that when we draw closer to him, he draws closer to us. Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 through 28. He says, you appear righteous, but you're full of hypocrisy. You appear righteous. It's time for us to quit putting on filters. If you use social media, you know what I'm talking about. There's some people that you see their picture online, and then you see them in person, you're like, whoa, wait, you're the same person as that? Oh, yeah, I used the, the filter, and then this filter, and this thing, and that. And you're like, oh, probably should keep up the filters. 
But in our Christian life, it is time for us to take the filters off and say, you know what? I'm going to get real and honest with you. Confess your faults one to another. We aren't perfect. I'm not perfect. My wife knows I'm perfect. No, she doesn't. We aren't perfect. So why do we pretend to be? So that everybody else thinks that we are. Number two, number one, get real. Number two, get involved. Look at chapter three, verse number two. It says, be watchful. Be watchful. The city of Sardis was conquered because they quit being watchful. The church in Sardis became dead because the people quit being watchful. We need people who will really see. Husbands are really good at hearing their wives but not listening to their wives. My mom would oftentimes as a kid, she would talk to me and she'd say, Christopher, did you hear me? She used my full name, so I knew I had to pay attention now. And I would say, yes. She'd say, what did I say? I don't know. She would grab me by my chin, as only mothers can do, like the Vulcan death grip. She would grab me by my chin. She would look at me eye to eye, and she would say to me, this is what I said. Do you hear me now? Yes. Got it. We need to not just see. We need to see. We need God's power to be able to see what is going on in our world and be able to address it according to Christian values, according to what the Bible says, and address the, the issues and problems and stand up for truth. We need people who will be watchful. I love it when the Canadian geese land in, our, in somebody else's field. But if you ever drive by a bunch of Canadian geese, you will always find the sentinels. You know who they are? They are the ones that are standing on the perimeter with their heads up, looking for danger. They're always looking out. All the other ones are mindlessly eating, but the sentinels are the ones who are standing there. They are few. And they are standing there ready to sound the alarm when danger is coming. And I want to know this morning, where are the sentinels in Monclova Road Baptist Church? Who are the ones who are going to stand and say, and I'm not asking you to stand up, please don't. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for you who is willing to stand and say, I am willing to stand for right. I'm willing to stand and watch for danger. I'm willing to stand and see. I am ready to watch. Who are you this morning? Who's ready to watch for the danger that's coming? Number one, get involved. Number two, I'm sorry, number one, get real. Number two, get involved. Number three, the second, uh, next phrase in verse number two, and strengthen the things which remain. Get on board. Get on board. Get real, get involved, and get on board. When they wrote this letter to the church of Sardis, he said there were a few things that were still going well. Strengthen those things. There's a lot of good things going on here at Monclova Road Baptist Church. 
a lot of good things. There is excitement happening in Monclova Road Baptist Church, and people are telling other people about it. But you know what we need is we need people who are willing to strengthen the things, people who will get on board. If you've been wondering, I wonder if I should serve at the church, the answer is yes. Could I get in and help? Yes. Are there things that I can do? Yes. If we had everybody out there greeting in the parking lot, that would be awesome. We'll just have church out there. Do you have enough greeters? No. Do you have enough people serving coffee? No. Do you have enough people that pray with people? No. Do you have enough, enough nursery workers? No. Do you have enough child care workers? No. Do you have enough Sunday school teachers? No. Where is God telling you to help? Where is God telling you so that we do not become the church that begins to look for somebody to come help us get it back? We need your help. We need you to serve. We need you to walk alongside us. And number four, in verse number, chapter number three, verse number three, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard. Make a difference. Make a difference. Number one, get real. Number two, get involved. Number three, get on board. And number four, make a difference. Make a difference. I sat at a coffee shop this week and I heard a conversation going on at the table that I was sitting at. Uh, they were away from me. And the person was talking about Chris Everett. Y'all know who Chris Everett is? He came and he spoke at our church a while ago. He has a testimony of, of drugs and addiction and, and all these things. And, he, and God has worked and changed his life. And the one guy said to the other guy, I wish I had a testimony like Chris Everett's. And I thought to myself immediately, I'm glad I don't have a testimony like Chris Everett's. I don't have the demons that Chris has to deal with. I was saved at the age of four. The only bars I was at was behind my crib. The only bottle I drank from was my bottle. I, like some though, did spend a lot of my time in vomit. But it was just as a baby. I don't have those things in my life. The grace of God saved me from that life. I don't have stories of running from God and all. I, I don't have that. God saved me at an early age and God saved me from <clears throat> a life of regret. Some of you, God saved you out of a life of regret. Some of you were older and you finally came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and you have all of these things now that you have to deal with, all of these problems that plague you, all of these difficulties that chase you everywhere you go and you just wish you could get away from it. Let me tell you this morning that the testimony that you have is the testimony that God wanted you to have so that you can make a difference in somebody's life. It is not for you to consume upon your own self. It is for you to share. Church, I am just so burdened that we as a church decide that we are going to get with it. If you don't have it this morning, get it. Get it. If you're wondering what it is, you don't got it. And you need to get it. If you've got it, you're sitting in your seat and you can barely sit there. It's not because of the coffee you drink. It's because you know what God has done for you and you can't wait to share that with somebody else. 
You can't wait to let somebody know how good God is. You can't wait to be able to speak into somebody's life, to share with somebody how good God is and what he has done for you. And you are just overflowing with the goodness of God that people around you look at you and go, I don't know what you have, but I want it. This morning, do you have it? If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I can tell you, you don't have it. That is the first step. You need to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. He came to this earth. He died on a cross for your sins, for my sins, so that you could spend eternity with God. He died for you. And if you have not received that gift of eternal life, there's nothing that you can do. You can't buy it. You can't go to church enough. You can't be good enough. You can't say enough things. All you have to do is receive the gift of eternal life. This morning, if you have not received it, it is time for you to receive it and get saved. This morning, if you have received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, it's time for you to live it. Live it out. In your workplace, live it out. When you come to church, come excited that you get to serve in our church. I don't have to, I get to. You know, I get to do every Sunday morning. I get to stand out front and I get to greet all of you. I get to hug some of you. I get kissed by some of you. I get to shake hands with some of you. I get to fist bump with some of you. And I know what each one of you likes. And I get text messages when I don't get to see you. Hey, are you ignoring me? Yes. You can love coming to this church. And I'm not talking about just, oh, I get to go to church today. I get to go to church today. I get excited about going to church today. I get to serve. I get to play the piano. I'm not playing the piano, but I get to play the piano. I get to sing. I get to greet people. I get to make coffee. I get to serve coffee. I get to lead a Bible study. I get to hold these babies for these parents so they can go in and go to church. I got it. This morning, do you have it? Do you have it? Does our church have it? You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.